MNK Talk YA now presents Everless Part 1 of the Everless Duology by Sarah Holland. back to MNK Talk YA. I'm Marissa Snyder. And I'm Katie Bradford. And this is our Young Adult Fiction Podcast. And this week we started a brand new series. It is the Everless series by Sarah Holland. And we read up to chapter 16. Yes. If anyone's following along. <laughs> and this one is a duology also, right? Or did I only buy yeah. two of the books? Okay. Yeah. The second one is called Evermore, which I actually really like. Like Everless, Evermore. It's kind of fun. Yeah. I have been looking for some... What do they call those things that's on the cover? Like the sand timekeeper. What is that called? Oh, a time, not a time turner. That's Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. I definitely want what one of those. What is it called? I think it's just a timekeeper or like a timepiece. I feel like it has a weird name. Why can't I think of this? Hourglass. That's what I was trying to think of. Hourglass. Oh boy. <laughs> oh man. We're off to a great start. <laughs> we are. Brand new series. <laughs> this book reminds me of this movie where they're using time it was like one of the first movies james loves it and he like showed it to me on one of our early dates i'm trying to remember what it is though but like time is a currency in this world and like the rich have a ton of it and the poor have you know oh wow that's exactly this book yeah i mean it's it's set more in like future current world instead of this feels more like a old-timey different world sort of at the same time but yeah I mean, it's kind of makes sense because, like, it's building on that phrase, time is money, right? Yep. Which is kind of cool that it's taking that phrase and making it literal. Okay, yeah. The movie is called In Time, and people stop aging at 25, but you can, like, I don't know. It's weird. Basically, Justin everyone... Justin Timberlake's in it. Yeah, Justin Timberlake's in it, and Amanda... Seyfried. Yeah. Seyfried. Yeah, whatever her name is. That girl. It got 37% on Rotten Tomatoes. I had never heard of it, but it was actually, it was an interesting concept. Oh, my girl crush is in it too, Olivia Wilde. She's my girl crush. Good to know. <laughs> After you, of course. <laughs> well, maybe I'll have to check this out. I don't really remember the movie very well, but I, but it's something about this book. I mean, I guess the connection makes sense, but this book reminded me that that movie existed. Well, I was reading a little bit about Sarah Holland and her inspiration for the book. Tell me more. And she said she didn't really have like an aha moment. She says that when she starts writing stories, usually she gets an image of something in her mind and then creates a story around that image. So she said for this story, she had an image of a girl kneeling barefoot at the side of an icy lake, having lost something important. And then I guess around that time, she had also just moved to New York and she didn't have a lot of savings. And she she just like was working all the time. And she said every second was really important to her. So that kind of hmm. made her think, what if time is actually money? Um, and that's kind of how the whole world develops. Yeah, it's interesting too how like the myth in the story too about you know, there's an alchemist and there's a sorceress and mm -hmm. the need to, like, it kind of reminded me a tiny little bit about the um, last book we read, Strange the Dreamer, when they're trying to figure out how to create, basically, use they use blood for money or for gold too, right? So, or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I can't even talk today. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> they, they, yes. He, well, spirit. He used yeah. spirit. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But it's kind of the same thing. But the alchemy idea feels like such an old timey thing, but it's kind of popped up into our stories. So, yeah. Oh, I also love this. So, Sarah Holland was asked to describe this book in six words. Ooh. And the words were twisty, bloody, magic, friendship, secrets, and self discovery. I like it. Yeah, me too. Like, reading that, I would want to read that. That's an interesting... To describe a book in six words. I like that. Question prompt, Ooh, too. We should... Oh, okay. I have an idea. Okay. From now on, after we finish a series, we should have to describe it in six words. Okay. Or... Sh- okay, yeah. That actually makes or, sense. Or... Wait, or what? I was going to say, or as our, like, clue for the next series, should we give six words, but then I remembered we haven't read them yet, so that doesn't make sense. <laughs> 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 but in theory, that could be fun too no i like i like the six words thing okay cool okay so yeah let's dig into everless our main character is jules what's her last name ember ember that's right and she is she used to live in the fancy part of town and her dad was the blacksmith and then something happened between when she was like seven years old between her and the two like royal or girling lords yeah the lords of the area and so her and her dad ran away basically and have been in hiding ever since and because they're in hiding they're pretty poor and time is money and they basically her dad's been running out of money or running out of time but trying to protect her and to save him she goes back to the girling's neck of the woods (laughs) and gets paid really well but her dad's like has some secrets yeah. Okay. So rewind. Okay. I think I'm just rambling. <laughs> I no, that was a really good summary. I think so. You know, how she's talked about the reason that they left the girlings. Yeah. Like she and her dad were living there blissfully, whatever, working as a blacksmith, and she was friends with the two. I want to call them princes. They're not princes. I know. I want to call them princes too. Lordlings. <laughs> I love that lordlings. <laughs> the girling lordlings. And the reason they left is because the one lordling, Liam, tried to throw his brother Roan into the forge. Yep. And so, and and Jules was the one who witnessed it. And so her father fled with her because he wasn't sure what Liam would do to her if he knew that she had witnessed this crime. Because we're led to believe that Liam is kind of like a sadistic guy, right? Here's my question, though. I'm wondering if... Because she said this book is twisty. I'm wondering if it's going to be like a Red Queen situation mm-hmm. where where like Liam's actually good and Roan's actually bad. I agree. I definitely think that we're judging the wrong, that we're being set up to judge the wrong brother. Yeah, because like, here's what tipped me off is she said that after the accident happened, they fled once and then Liam caught up to them and they had to fly, flee again. Mm-hmm. But then she's, like, hired to work at Everless, and he recognizes her, and he's, like, cool with her being there. I was like, if you're chasing a girl trying to kill her because she witnessed something she shouldn't have seen, you wouldn't be okay with just running into her again at your house. Well, and they're just, they're just seem like a lot of secrets. Like, why was Liam, why, like, what's going on with him and his mom, and why was he sent off to study, and, like, I just, I just feel like, yeah, there's definitely some kind of, like, like, I suspect that there's we're being misled i don't know agreed and the other big secret we learned 
at the end was so there's this thing with the queen where um and i kind of liked this i know we're like set up to not like the queen but i kind of like that she refused to pick a husband and she refused to have a child so she decreed that she would pick a random foundling and if the child was found worthy she would raise him or her as her heir yeah i want to hear more about that me too and i I mean i think it's sad that like the consequence of her declaring this is that a ton of families abandoned their baby in the hopes that she would pick the child to be her heir Mm -hmm. so like there's this story of like all these babies being abandoned on the beach and we learned that jules is not her father's biological daughter yeah he raised her but he said essentially you're not my daughter biologically we don't know who her father is or her mother i guess um we just know that he raised her so what is going on with that and we know that he doesn't want her to interact with the queen so whatever it is is bigger than the girlings it feels like it's queen level big yeah he was like don't let her see you it's not safe for you to be around her And then he was caught, her father was caught trying to break into the queen's vault, too. So, okay, going back to the brothers also. Okay. Do you think that she doesn't remember properly what happened with the fire and Liam and Rowan? Or do you think that Liam did push Rowan in, but because Rowan is so bad and it was like actually like a, I don't know, good move He was trying to get rid of him. Yeah. I think either one could be, yeah, I think it could be either, either one. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So her dad. Oh my goodness. Yeah, there's a lot going on actually. I like didn't really realize it until we started talking about it. I know. It. I'm I really like it. I like it cuz it's a super fast read too and it's like I don't know, it's just going really quickly and really easily for me. But yeah, so there's something in the vault that we know of cuz her dad like, I don't know, they have that weird dye that's like left on the vault. The so Mava fruit you, dye. Yeah. So if you're like caught breaking into it. That's actually related to what I I researched, so I know we usually do research a little bit later, but do you want to hear about some of my research real quick? Because it's related to how do I identify thieves based on ink was what I was trying to look up. But (laughs) the main thing I I ended up reading about, because have you heard about like if you pull a fire alarm, it'll mark your hands? Have you heard that before? No. It's good to know. So I, this is like an urban legend. I remember hearing like growing up to like deter people from pulling the fire alarm because if you like falsely call the fire department it'll your hands will turn blue or whatever so i did uh. here so there is a tamper dye that they sometimes put on fire alarms so it doesn't really help reduce the likelihood that someone pulls it but it does help identify who pulled it later <laughs> and I, you're walking around with like blue dye in your hands <laughs> it's a gel like vegetable based dye that you like put on the handle and when it's pulled it covers your hands but then it's activated and spread with water so when you go to wash your hands your entire your entire hand turns blue and it lasts for like seven days oh my god that's amazing isn't that kind of crazy yes so if you return so so like likely you're in a building that maybe you go to frequently so like if you come back the next day they'll know who did it yeah or even if you like yeah it's i I always thought of it like in school, like for fire alarms, you know, like they'd mm-hmm. be like, because you'd get out of class and like someone would pull it to like avoid a test. This is, I was weird, but that's what I always imagined why they had the blue dye there. But so I guess it's not on, I don't think it's on every <laughs> fire thing, but it is a thing that really happens. But they say more often than not, it's better to just like cover it with the 
Have you seen the like with the plastic like cover over the fire alarm? So you have to open mm-hmm. that and then pull it. I guess yeah. that like extra step makes it a less likely that someone knocks into it, and b like psychologically, I guess it's like more work, so people are less likely. Oh, to... it's like an extra step that people don't want to do. Yeah, I guess. Gotcha. That's so cool. But then I was reading about like people who do. When they're traveling abroad in places where there's a lot of pickpockets, in addition to, like, hiding their money, this guy created, like, a glitter bomb wallet that was in an obvious spot so that, like, when someone would grab it, they'd be, like, covered in glitter, which would be James's worst nightmare. (laughs) And then I... I love that this, idea. This sounded like a... This is compared to a better idea than the skunk lock, which is... Skunk lock? It's a bike lock to deter bike thieves that emits a cloud of pepper spray if someone tries to, like, mess with it or whatever. That's So great. it looks like a U-shaped lock, but it, like, if you tamper with it, I guess, it sprays pepper spray at you. I, I wish it was um, skunk odor instead of pepper spray. I know. I really like the skunk lock, like, that name. That would be, yeah. That would almost be more discouraging in some ways. I mean, it would be a lot more <laughs> inconvenient, I would think. Well, because it'd be so, I feel like people would talk about that more than someone with like I don't know yeah so then I was reading about all the stuff they used to do to like random stuff like how they'd put trap doors in like the 1870s Ooh, where at like banks and stuff so they would tilt sections on the floor in front of a store or bank that when triggered would push them into some kind of like <laughs> cellar or apartment below <laughs> And then, oh my god. This was great. In 1935, this policeman in Budapest created a uh, safe that when it's being tampered with, like when the tools that they put into the lock, a burglar's tools to get the safe mm-hmm. to open, it would release this gas that would make them fall asleep for several hours. Oh my god. So that like when they're tampering with it, they fall asleep and then you like just catch them sleeping I like this trap door of like I'm imagining just like a pit filled with thieves and they're like oh they got you too yeah they're just like all hanging out down there (laughs) well then you're gonna love this in 1957 this store owner rigged a trap that had two five gallon glass jars filled with pickles that every night he would put it on top of a trap door leading from his basement so that if someone broke in he thought they'd be surprised by the pickles and walk over there and fall through the trap door why would anyone be surprised by pickles? <laughs> Isn't that funny? Like, why is that? It's why like, oh, I, I know how to get people over here. I'm going to put two jars of pickles out hey, every hey, night. Hey, free pickles. <laughs> Where was that? That was, it was in the New York Times. I think it was in New York somewhere. But yeah, so there was this article that was called Burglar Again Outwits Pickle Trap. <laughs> So wow. I guess they were like talking about this in the paper too, which isn't going to help your booby trap. But he didn't like pickles, I guess. Or he just wasn't hungry. I don't know. Or he thought like, or he thought like someone's going to break in and be like, "That's odd that there's so many pickles over there. Maybe I should eat one." Not like I don't know. Or just or like he'd heard of it and he was like, "Ah, uh, yeah, I yeah. know the pickle trap. Fool me once." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be. Yeah. So that was kind of some funny, funny stuff I was reading about. I love that. But I didn't actually read about mava fruit or anything oh it sounds terrible it it sounds like there's like scorpions that hide in it apparently that can kill you with one sting well and it yeah and just having your hands covered in stinky purple dye all the time 
That too. <laughs> so, like even afterwards doesn't sound good. But I thought that was another thing. You know, Rowan was like, oh, don't make her do. He like acts like he cares about her, which maybe he does. But right. Liam calls him on it too. He's like, well, if we get it, if we import it, someone still has to do it. Like it's not like. Yeah. So like no one has to do We're really this. avoiding. Yeah. I guess technically it wouldn't be one of their citizens or whatever, but. What do you think of Rowan's betrothed? Ina Gold. Well, I think there's more to that story, too, because right at the end, Jules gets accepted as a lady-in-waiting for the queen and Ina Gold, right? That was a hell of a loyalty test. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Good thing she did that. Her, her instinct. I wouldn't have jumped in front of someone I just met. I wouldn't even oh, jump no. in front of someone I loved because I wouldn't even be able to process it that quickly. I wouldn't jump in front of a knife for anything. I'm sorry. Like, that's just would not be my instinct. Exactly. The instinct part. It's like, I wouldn't even, like, by the time I was like, oh, this would kill them. I don't want them to die. I should I'd help. be across the room on the other side, away yeah. from the knife, as far away as I could be. <laughs> also, how are people, like, I always question this in, like, movies and books, too. It's like, why don't, why isn't your instinct to, like, pull someone off of the train tracks instead of jump in front of them or to, you know, push someone down instead of stand in, I don't know. Like, why didn't you just, like, pull the girl's arm down so she ducked or, like, push her out of the way? Yeah, or bat the knife out of the air. I don't know. I suspect you're right, though. I think there's something more to Ina. And it, it's weird, too, because it seems like Jules had a crush on Rowan, and now she's Ina's handmaiden, so... And we don't hate Ina. Like, she doesn't seem no. like a... I was kind of thinking we'd get to know her and she'd be, like, kind of evil or something, but she seems like a cool chick. I agree. Okay, but this was another thing I looked up. Okay, sorry. Mm-hmm. I know I'm revealing all of my research too early but that's fine going off of this idea of the queen basically adopting an heir i was looking into if you if that's ever happened before if someone's ever adopted an heir and the only story i found i like couldn't find a lot of good detail about it so i'm not entirely sure how accurate this is but there was a king in a jordanian king a king in jordan who had okay so one story i read said that there was a crash and his third wife died in the plane and this kid's parents died in the plane and he ended up adopting the kid but the more of the stories i read i think those are just two things that happened he adopted a kid who um let me get her name i think she's still alive yeah she was born in 1973 she was adopted by the king of jordan and his third wife queen alia after her biological parents were killed by a plane crash at a Palestinian refugee camp in 1976. So she was three years old, according to this. And then in 1977, Queen Aaliyah, the third wife, died in a different plane crash. So I think that's Mm -hmm. the actual... I think there just happened to be a lot of plane crashes in this family. Oh my gosh. So she kind of hasn't been... Well, there's a lot going on there because she's the third wife and she's the adopted kid as a girl, so she wouldn't be really in the line to be an heir anyways so they never really had to address the question I guess of how being adopted affects that I guess when her dad died though like she kind of dropped off of there hasn't been a lot of other stories about her so I don't know if her family rejected her if she abandoned Mm -hmm. them or if there's more to the story or what but there was so there was a princess technically who was adopted and will never be queen I don't think so then I was looking into this whole article about the English crown and if they would adopt someone, what that would do to their succession. Yeah, their succession. Thank you. (laughs) According to this, you have to be a Protestant descendant of the Electress Sophia, who... Who? 
<laughs> so she was, after Queen Anne's reign in the early 18th century, the British throne was going to pass to her cousin Sophia of Hanover because Anne had no heirs. But Sophia oh. died less than two months before she was set to take the throne, and the crown passed to her oldest son, who was King George I. So yes. now everyone who becomes a monarch has been a descendant of her line. So technically, okay. according to this rule, it would exclude adopted children. Hmm. But yeah, I always think it would like pass to I don't know, like a sister or something like that. Like if you if you were the like let's say if Kate and William didn't have children, then the line of succession would pass to Harry's children. Yeah, but what if they didn't have biological children but adopted a child? That's the question. Are they allowed to adopt children? Well, so they have weird rules traditionally no but there is you know i mean the they change but just a lot slower than the rest of the world so there's reasons why they wouldn't and reasons why some people think that they might eventually but i think like i think it gets interesting if they got to a point where they i think they're more encouraged to like have biological children but what if they you know a lot of people aren't able to have children Mm -hmm. and that's part of the reason why they adopt other people adopt for other reasons too obviously but basically it hasn't come up and people are have different opinions i'd be curious to know what what would happen so there's no there's no like official rule but tradition says no and i think it would be a really big deal if they did it i think there'd be a lot of yeah that'd be huge yeah so that was my random my random research i don't know what i was doing no i liked it yeah, back Mine to- wasn't that exciting. Oh, what'd you research? Well, do you want to talk more about um, the book? Either way. Let's talk a little bit about the whole world with the time and the blood, because we kind of skipped over that a little bit. Yeah. And there's some, like, cool parts to it. Yeah. So I love that, so the time is, like, tied to your blood, and to obtain time you like have to bleed yourself and then that turns into blood iron and they have these coins which is really i thought that was really cool how it's like i think she goes to the fair the like market or something and there's people begging for like hours and like Mm -hmm. please can you spare an hour can you spare a week so like the coins instead of being monetary they're time Mm -hmm. and I, i thought that was really interesting it was and they're the only country or whatever that has figured out how to do this and they've mm-hmm. closed their walls or whatever, I guess. Their borders, yeah. So the queen, like there's, yeah, there's people outside of the queen's realm who can't do this with their blood and time. Right. And I'm curious if we'll meet them. So the question is really like, are they prisoners or is this like, you know, I mean, it feels like no one can leave. Mm-hmm. So obviously if you're wealthy, you want to be there and you want to get other people's time so you can live for centuries or forever or whatever. But the poor people struggle. Yeah. And I think, I wonder if we're going to see the outside world at all in this book. Well, so the queen's been being attacked by people. Who do you think tried to attack the queen on the way to the Gurlings place? Well, they said that bleeders attacked them. And the bleeders are people who like attack random people and try to steal their blood to use as time. Mm -hmm. And a bunch of her guards died. But I'm kind of thinking that was just a cover up story. Yeah, because I don't. I'm getting the impression bleeders are like, you know, highwaymen who are people of opportunity. They're not going to attack a royal convoy. Right. Randomly. I agree. And I kind of, but I don't know. I I have no idea if we'll, if we'll see who actually attacks them and why. There's just like, there's so many mysteries right now that I'm trying to figure out. Like, oh, and so it was also weird whenever time seems to be slowing sometimes. For Jules. Yeah, for Jules. Like, there's been a couple occasions, like, when she, she first tries to, like, catch a fish and time, like, blurs and slows. And then it happens again when the soldiers are, like, looking over the girls to see who, who they want to take as servants and Everless. Mm-hmm. And she, like, almost stabs him. 
Mm-hmm. And then there's another case when a lord, Lord Baldwin, attacks a girl with a knife. And then the last time that it slowed was when she pricks her finger with a pin while hemming Ina's gown. Yeah. So do you think it's tied to her blood? Oh, yeah. Like, is there something about her blood that's, like, making time slow? Well, her dad told her, like, not to make it public, right? So I do think it has something to do with her secret identity that she has this ability. Yeah, it's like, slow time. And then she looked at the queen and the queen fell over. I feel like that has to mean something, right? I was really nervous when she, like, had the audience in front of the queen when they did that loyalty test. Yeah. That something was going to be revealed or realized or something, but... Or the queen would recognize her, yeah. Or that something else weird would happen that would at least give us another clue, but I don't know. And what do you think about the other lady-in-waiting? Caro? Caro? Oh, yeah, Caro. Like, she's the only one? She seems nice, but, like... But doesn't she seem like she knows a lot more than she's letting on? Yes. 100%. So maybe she'll reveal some more secrets as well. I don't know. It's just the whole thing with like the coins. Well, and I'm curious if Jules, if her ability or whatever can be, if she can like really control it or even expand it, that would just be a powerful thing. Or if it's even more important than that, she's doing something that we haven't quite realized. It's not quite, it feels like pausing time, but maybe she's doing something else somehow. I don't know. Yeah. And I'm wondering if that power is related to why her father tried to hide her or like made her leave Everless. Well, especially because it seems like he didn't just run out of time when he got there, right? He basically sold off all of his time to leave her money and tried to break in, like you mentioned earlier, tried to break into the safe or vault or whatever it's called, but we're not sure what's in there that he wanted to get. That was shocking when like he revealed that he had a whole sack of blood iron and like all of his debts were paid because the whole thing in the beginning was like her father's running out of time and he's getting sick and so she's like trying to save him when he had all this money slash time to begin with so it's like what was his plan was it just so that she would have something to live off of yeah i think so i think i don't know and that's also it's like well if it isn't his daughter where did she come from and why is he why is he raising her yeah and it seems interesting because if he if she wasn't his daughter, then she wasn't his daughter. It's not like at seven years old she became not his daughter. She like grew right. up with him. So like I'm curious if it if her identity and her not being the daughter is tied at all to why they left, or if those are just two separate mysteries. And like the clues he leaves her are not helpful at all. So he leaves her a drawing of her mother, and then the words "fox to the forest, snake of lead." What does that even mean? Well, wasn't that game? What was the game that she played with the boys? Yeah, the fox and the snake. Yeah. I don't know what the game was, though, but I figure, like, that has to come into play. Right, who would be the fox and who would be the snake? I don't know. Also, <laughs> how do you how do you give up all of your remaining time, aka know you're going to die, and not give your daughter more to go off of? Exactly. And knowing that, like, so he tried to get into the vault, and to get into the vault, it sucks time away. Mm-hmm. And the catch is you don't know how much time it's going to take. So, like, he knew going to the vault was going to kill him, essentially. Yeah. And he saw her. I get, like, maybe he couldn't write certain things in the letter he left behind, but he did see her in the basement. I feel like he should have given her a little bit more to go off of there. Just tell, like, ugh, really? If you have literally, like, one week of time blood left in your body, just tell her everything. Because I think he just, like, wanted her to forget. I think he wanted her to just take the money and go away and live her life. But she was the one who was like, oh, hell no, I'm going back to Everless. I'm going to get close to the queen and I'm going to find out all your secrets. Well, and the funny thing is, I mean, we don't know what the secret is, but it could have been something as simple as, you know, the queen 
killed your real parents. And then once she knows that, she doesn't want to go hang out with – like, he. maybe if he just told her, then she would also hide yeah. and protect herself or avoid this dangerous situation or whatever. Right. Give her a reason to not return if you don't want her to return that badly. Okay, so going back – sorry, I know I'm jumping all over the place. So going back to the <laughs> queen looking for an heir okay. and the fact that Jules – biological parents were not sure who they are Mm -hmm. do you think the queen was looking for someone specific and was using the air thing as an excuse or do you think Ooh, yes maybe well okay hold on i jumped (laughs) (laughs) now he's all over the yes no maybe (laughs) well i think yes she could have been looking for someone specific because she did have two heirs before Ina, who, like, died suspiciously. Mm-hmm. But that would lead me to believe that whoever she was looking for, Ina somehow had whatever quality she was looking for. Because otherwise, she wouldn't have made Ina her heir. Yeah. So, if she was looking for someone particular, it would have to be Ina, right? Yes. Or, to your point, maybe whatever those attributes are, maybe there's multiple people with those attributes. True. Like, what if it is something about pausing time? Maybe Ina can do that, too, and we don't know that yet. Or oh, maybe it's... Yeah. I don't know. And maybe, like, now that Jules is her handmaiden, they'll, like, discover that together, that they both have that quality. Yeah. But why would she want to marry her to the girlings, then? Is it just because they're... They own, like, the most land? Probably. I mean, it's probably still... She probably still needs to... I mean, if she's really taking on the air part, it would make sense to marry her off. Although it doesn't really make sense because she was so against marriage for herself. Hmm. Yeah. I was going to say, like, it makes sense from, like, the, you know, traditional political monarchy type of marriages and allies, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. But I don't know. I don't know. And, like, why did, Why was the queen so adamant about not taking a husband and not having biological children? And why can't people touch her? Yeah. Oh, I felt so bad for Addie. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, no one's allowed to touch her. But that was also interesting. It's like, what? Does she just not like to be touched? Or does something happen when she gets touched? And if it does, why was that girl even allowed to live? Or, you know, like, did she really? I don't know. Well, they banished her. Yes, but that's still living. Yeah, but... I mean, like, what? I'm curious, they, like... like sent her somewhere where she won't talk, I guess. Yeah. I think there has to be a reason for why you can't touch the queen, because otherwise that's just, like, that's just strange. Yeah, but it could it could be a magic reason. I guess you're not allowed to touch the Queen of England either, I don't think, actually. <laughs> you're not allowed? I don't think so. I didn't know Maybe that. I made that up. <laughs> no, that's... I mean, that's... I believe it, actually. Or at least, like, polite society, you're not allowed. Yeah. Do you get banished if you touch the queen? If she falls and you help her? No, because Obama did it. Obama, like, put his arm around her, I remember, and everyone was, like, made a fit over it. Well, that's the other funny thing. It's, like, was this girl supposed to just let the queen fall? Like, what would, like... Exactly. Yeah, she was just trying to help her. Yeah. But it also seems like every time a servant messes up, something really bad happens, right? Because Jules recognizes her friend Tam from before. Tam is the new blacksmith, and Ivan, Ivan the Terrible, cut out his tongue. Yeah. I think Ivan's a real bad seed. I'm not sure if Liam's a real bad seed, but I think Ivan is. Ivan sounds awful. Because he also, didn't he drag, oh, Hin- Hinton? Hinton was the- The little boy. The little boy. Yeah. His father, he Oh, like, that was terrible. Yeah. He like had him dragged behind a chariot until he died just because he lost a race on a horse that he happened to ferry or shoe, whatever. So yeah. he sounds legit like a terrible- terrible person and we haven't seen any glimpses that he's not so yeah i think he's i think he's the true bad guy i think there's more going on with the girling brothers and i don't trust what they want us to think right now 
Or Jules's memory. Yeah. Um, okay, last question. Okay. But maybe not. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> How has the queen lived for so long? Because we do learn that blood iron can really only sustain a human heart for maybe upwards of 300 years. Because we met Lady Sidda, who um, is really old. Mm-hmm. But the queen has lived for a lot longer than that. So I'm really curious, like, the, the legend is that she was gifted long life by the sorceress. But, there, I mean, like, do we really believe that there's an alchemist and a sorceress out there who gifted her long life? Like, I feel like there has to be a different explanation for that. Yeah. Well, and the other rumor or suspicion or whatever is the reason all those kids died is because she was eating their hearts or something, right? For you? Correct. Which would also go back to that, was she looking for kids with a certain something that would, but Ina's gotten further than the other one. I don't know. I don't believe that she was eating people's hearts, personally. You do or don't? Sorry. I do not. Yeah. I don't think she was actually, I don't, I don't think she was eating them, but I'm curious if there was some, if there's something true about that. I mean, there's, uh, it reminds me of like, (laughs) like, um, Blood Boys. Have you heard of that? No, what's that? It's like when an older person receives a blood transfusion from a younger person or like a younger guy to like stay young. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't think it's true, but it was like in Silicon Valley. But there's like, I I don't know if it's a real thing or not, but apparently it's like you get regular transfusions from a younger person. And then then your blood is young and then it keeps you young. Keeps you young. I mean, I could see people believing something like that, but... I don't think it works, but people are desperate, too. Yeah, but this is a weird world with magic and blood, and you can turn someone's blood to iron and then put it in your tea and then take part of their years of life. So I'm just saying, who knows what happens if you eat their heart. (laughs) I I think... I I have no idea. I wouldn't want to try it. Yeah, but there is... Okay, but my other question about how she's lived so long is just why would you want to live that long? If you literally outlast, like, everyone you know all the time. Like, I feel like long life is a mixed blessing. Yeah, I agree. I think, though, she's been, like, the rumor about the queen, or not rumor, but the queen has been defending her country for a really long time, and she's been, like, fighting her country. And that's, I guess, why she has been wanting to live for so long. Mm -hmm. It it makes me feel like without the queen, maybe something would happen with the the borders and the secret of blood iron and like word would get out i almost feel like she's like the defender of that legend that's fair and she's trying to protect it from other people um finding out about it i'd buy that yeah i don't know there's so many questions there are i didn't even like i said i mean i i was like into it but i didn't realize how many questions i had until we started talking about it (laughs) okay i researched something a little bit silly Okay. Well, actually, it's not silly. It's just when you were talking about <laughs> the pulling the fire escape and you said that, like, did you say it was a legend or like an urban legend that someone told you when you were younger that, like, if you pull a fire alarm, something bad would happen? Yeah. I was thinking of, like, the weirdest urban legends that I was told as a child. <laughs> just, like, <laughs> the weirdest urban legend I was ever told as a child. And I forget who told this to me, but I know it was an adult. But someone told me that <laughs> swimming pools... You know how, like, after dark, there's signs it's, like, no swimming after dark? Uh-huh. Someone told me once that <laughs> that they make all swimming pools electrified after, like, 11 o'clock or midnight. Like, after the pool closes, oh, my be- goodness. the surface becomes electrocuted. So if you <laughs> tried to swim, you would get electrocuted. <laughs> and I legit believe that, like, for a very long time. It's funny when you realize the truth about <laughs> something, and especially if you 
heard it as a kid because you never really questioned it again. Yeah, I think I was like in college. And then like as an adult, you're like, oh, wait, yeah. Oh, wait, they they legally can't do that. So what happened in college? Did some kids want to sneak into a pool after yeah, hours? And you and were I was like, like, guys, you'll get electrocuted. <laughs> That's hilarious. I oh, I was a gullible child. <laughs> okay, so I researched, I, I really liked the scene when Jules is in the whispering gallery and she's talking to Roan, but they can't see oh, each yeah. other, but like their voices just carry because of the architecture. Mm-hmm. So I researched uh, real life whispering galleries. Okay, cool. Basically, it's, a phenomenon where that that occurs whenever there's an archway um, or like a dome, and basically it's a phenomenon where sound waves hit a circular surface, and then if there's nothing to absorb that sound, so like no carpet, no cracks between tiles, mm-hmm. the sound vibrations have nowhere to go, so they cling to the surface of the curve and they creep along the curving path. And the angle keeps the sound waves from dispersing. Huh. So a message can go from one side of an arch or a dome to the other side, um, and you can hear it really sharply. That's such an interesting visual to think about. Yeah. Sound that way. It's actually kind of funny because I used to live in Bologna, Italy, and there's a sound gallery in Piazza Maggiore that I didn't learn about until pr- practically before I almost before I came home but it was like it's this place where you stand and if you, you whisper into a corner someone on the other side can hear what you're saying it's really cool that is cool because like if you were just to whisper from where you were like you wouldn't hear anything you know it's it's cool because it can happen in like a really crowded spot but you can hear it like crystal clear did you ever play with you know in parks how they have those like on one end of the park, there'll be like a little speaker phone thing. And on the other end of the park, there'll be a speaker phone thing. And you can talk. Oh, yeah. I remember as a kid, I would just like yell into those so that my <laughs> friend could hear me. I like didn't understand how it was supposed to work. but Well, now you do. Now I do. Um, so here are some famous whispering galleries. Wait, I have another question about. Okay. It's not very related. But can you, you know how like in stuff, they have like the two tin cans and like the rope between them. Oh, like across the line. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a similar, is that really work? I think so but I don't think that works as well because there's like it's easier for the sound to disperse right yeah that's what I would think yeah the same concept I would think so instead you should build an arch between your window and your neighbor's window exactly get gotcha. some marble <laughs> from a quarry and build a dome <laughs> in your backyard <laughs> okay sorry go on what were you gonna say okay so um St. Paul's Cathedral in London is um, one of the most famous whispering galleries So it is a circular walkway that is 250 steps above the floor, and it's 100 feet up. So it's a really, it's a really high balcony. But you can you use that kind of area to send whispers across the dome. And there was a physicist who was called Lord Raleigh, Rayleigh, whatever. Um, And he was the first person to propose the existence of whispering gallery waves, how they could travel along a a curving path. He was like one of the first people to um, experiment with it. Cool. So there's also one in... That would be such a powerful thing in like political intrigue back in the day if people didn't know and you could like eavesdrop and past messages and man i'm sure people used it all the time yeah to send secret messages which is really cool yeah um okay the golgumbaz mausoleum in india is the resting place of the sultan muhammad adil shah 
and in its name means circular dome. So it's one of India's most famous whispering galleries. And a wh- it's really cool because a whisper that um, originates at one point can be heard on the opposite side of the space, which is 44 feet wide. Wow. So that's crazy. Grand Central Station in New York huh. has a, it's like a herringbone tiled roof that's above the Grand Central Oyster Bar. And it is a whispering gallery. But instead of the waves traveling horizontally, the sound waves go up one of the four corners and along the arched surface of the ceiling and then back down the pillar of the opposite side. Interesting. Yeah. Apparently, it's a very famous place for proposals. Aww. Speaking of proposals, the Bench of Whispers in Santiago de Compostela, Spain, is a whispering bench, kind of. What does that mean? (laughs) There is a granite bench that is in the form of a semicircle, and it was built in Spain around 1916, and it's called the Lover's Bench, or the Bench of Whispers. It became like a place for people who were unmarried, like unmarried couples, to go to look for privacy because when you were courting it was really strictly monitored and you know there was always a chaperone so I guess the couples would sit on this bench and from afar it would look like they were just not meeting like minding their own business they weren't even together but Uh they could exchange illicit conversations interesting and it wouldn't it would look like they were talking to themselves or not talking at all because they would just be like whispering into the side of this bench and on the other side their lover would be whispering sweet nothings into their ear so and they're just sitting there and they can pat for some reason when you were initially talking about this i thought you'd have to like talk into the seat of the bench which would be more awkward and yeah i don't think you have to do that i think it's like i I think it's a little bit more comfortable than that (laughs) just imagining like i've got some funny images in my head okay yeah and then the last one is the dome of the u.s capitol building actually is apparently a whispering gallery there's an urban legend wait i think i did hear that really wait in dc you were saying yeah yeah, I think when I was in D.C., now that you're talking about this, we our tour guide like stood in one spot and... Yeah, okay, what's the urban legend though? Or what's the legend? Oh, the legend is that John Quincy Adams was pretending to be asleep at his desk, but in reality, he was listening to the echoes of his opponent's conversations happening in a different part of the room. Yes, I do remember hearing this on the tour. That is so funny. So if you're ever in any one of these places... Um, make sure you check out the Whispering Galleries because they're pretty cool. That is cool. Isn't it funny that that's still like fascinating even though we have like cell phone, like we don't need it now. Oh, yeah. Like we could, you know, still pass secret messages and stuff, but it's still like. <laughs> we could just send a text message. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's, it's really cool that it's, I mean, it's like, um, I don't know. It's just like a cool architectural phenomenon. I think it's also funny to think about people who didn't know it was there and like standing in one of those places mm-hmm. and like hearing something that sounds like it's right next to you, but it's really Oh my gosh, yeah, the they'd room. be so scared. <laughs> like, oh my God, I'm hearing voices. What's wrong with me? That's cool. So we should build one. So yeah, that was my research. I like it. I feel like we should keep reading because I really want to find out the answers to all of these secret mysteries. Yeah, well, it's interesting that you brought up those the whispering stuff with the wall and the story or the you can hear. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what I'm saying. But I wonder how that's going to come into play later too because I feel like if you brought it up now, we're going to have to overhear something. Totally. We're going to have to get part either misinformation or an answer to a question somehow through that, right? Mm-hmm. I would think so. I bet it plays a big part. Do you think that Jules ends up with a love interest? Mm-hmm. Do you think it's Rowan? I don't think it'll be Rowan. Yeah. Do you think it's Liam? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> 
I do. I feel like we've read enough now that like we're not going to be let into, we're not going to fall for this again. It's so funny because I definitely was going to predict something similar, but I was worried about also looking like a fool if we're like, <laughs> but now it's going to be even funnier if we're completely wrong and like, we'll have to eat our words. Rowan's just a good guy and Liam's the bad guy. And we're like, we're just waiting for them to show their true colors. And then we like finish the book and it's like, oh. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> well, we'll have to see. But yeah, we definitely know her memory isn't super reliable either, Jules is. So I'm curious about what happened when she was seven. I know, me too. I was um, getting this book confused a little bit because I just read King of Scars by the oh. Go. Wait, is there and time stuff in there? No, time but I was reading it at the same time as this and I was like getting parts mixed up. Mm-hmm. I texted your sister about it because I think she feels the same way that I do. I know. I'm already sad because you texted me a little bit about it too. It was just a little bit slow, mm-hmm. and there was nothing really new that happened, and we're fighting the same bad guys, and it's, I don't know, it I, I wasn't thrilled with it. Here's the thing, though. I feel like all I want is more Nikolai. Yeah, you get him, and he's great. He's funny. Okay. So if I'm reading it just for his character, it's good? Or is it still just... Yeah, but there's still, like, Nina is a lot of it. Lena... Okay. Nina is like the other half of it, which is great because I love Nina. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I like Nikolai too, but he's like fighting the same battle that he fought in Shadow and Bone. So it just didn't feel like new Nikolai. It was just like more of the same. I don't know. I was like really sad that I didn't love it more. I do tend to get nervous when people go back when they weren't planning on it to something that I loved. But I had really high hopes because we had already had the same world in such good, distinct series. So I was really hopeful that this would be great me too well maybe you'll like it more than i did well the good thing is now my expectations are a lot lower versus before you told me that my expectations were pretty high and i'm sure yours were too so yeah that definitely entered into it because i mean really just having any new series featuring nikolai is such a gift so i'm just like trying to take it for what it is you know yeah it's a gift really but I'm, i'm hoping the second book's a little bit better when does that one come out i think not until next year okay I'll wait. Okay. In the meantime, do you have a joke for me? Okay, I do. And it is, it's about us. So, what do you call someone who tells dad jokes but has no kids? Oh, uh, I don't know. A faux pas. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) That's really good. That is so us for both faux pas. I just love that. (laughs) I was like, what? I'm a person who tells dad jokes and whatever. I love it. Do you also want to hear a joke about construction? Yes. Well, I'm still working on it. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's all you uh, get today. <laughs> I love when I get two jokes. <laughs> well, I always second guess my jokes and end up. But yeah, okay, so we will finish reading Everless, and then we'll be halfway through this series. So hopefully we get a lot of questions answered, actually. Yeah, we, we, we don't have much left. So And they're short books, so... Yeah, and both of them are, which is nice. But I'm in, I'm into the book a lot. Like, I'm enjoying reading it. I think the length is going to be perfect. I love that it's only two books and that they're short because it's, like, keeping the story very succinct. And, like, my interest is piqued. I'm into the characters. I'm, I'm ready to go. There's actually a lot of characters for how short it is, but I mm-hmm. like it. And I think I agree. this reminds me of something I would have, like, loved as a preteen teenager mm, just like the whole concept like I st- I'm, I'm still liking it a lot but I feel like also because we read so much of this genre like you know like we're sort of predicting certain things but I feel like if I had less of that this would have been like the kind of book that I would have been like this is amazing when I was yeah even younger but 
but yeah it's good cool all right we will check back next week then and in the meantime if you would like to reach out to us or whisper and you don't have a whisper wall dome to get to i don't know what i'm saying but you can you can email us at mnktalkya at gmail.com or find us on facebook or instagram at mnktalkya i tried really hard with that but it just doesn't work i always try to like connect it somehow Mm -mm. just do Mm -mm. the old-fashioned way and send us an email (laughs) oh boy okay bye bookworms go get a library card M&K Talk YA is produced and edited by Marissa Snyder and Katie Bradford. Original music composition by Timothy Milkey. Logo design by Marissa Snyder. For updates and extras, visit mnktalkya.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And if you haven't already, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. We would like to thank James Tobias, Chad Snyder, Meredith Kelphy, and Michael Howard for all of their support. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.